Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to the body today. Free us from ourselves. Free us from the lies and the deceit of Satan as well as self-deceit. Help us to rise above the situation and also to come up out of ourselves in order for you to show us who we've become for you to take us to where you want us to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We lift up all of those who are fighting some health challenges right now, some who are fighting faith challenges right now, and we lift up those who are actually traveling right now that you would bless them and that you would keep them. Your word says that you have given your angels charge over them to keep them in the path where you plan to take them. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we do not become overcome by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of Satan, that we will keep our eyes on the prize and continue to be faithful and walk upright in your gospel. So God, I thank you for showing me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we are still in 2 Timothy, but we're in chapter four now. The title of this message is Be Instant in Season and Out of Season. I think it's a perfect message right now. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And so we're, we're, we're going to work with verses 1 through 8. That's as far as I could get, okay. <laughs> so beginning with verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, excuse me, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen, amen. Okay, so let's go back up to verse 1. I charge thee, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living, that's what that quick means, the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, that appearing is at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So Paul is charging Timothy to take up Paul's mantle and carry on the work. The work must be carried on. Ministers, ministry isn't about one person preaching, but is all about the gospel truth preached about the kingdom of God. It's not about an individual or individuals. It is about the gospel and all of us are called to preach the gospel, amen? Therefore, it is the responsibility of the pastor to prepare others to pick up the mantle of true evangelism and get the gospel out to the lost. That's what the whole purpose is all about. It's for, for us to understand the gospel where you are able to preach and teach the gospel to those who are lost, whether they are in church 
or not, for all to have had the opportunity to hear the gospel and be prepared for the second coming of Jesus. See, it should really be concerning you, not just if you're prepared, but for those of you, of those of you that have loved ones and friends and whatever, are they prepared? Have they heard? So that they can be prepared for the second coming of Jesus. Because, see, God does not want one, not one, to perish. But to have eternal life in him. And joining a church is not a guarantee of eternal life. <laughs> see, there has been too much preaching on things and doctrines of men to help mankind to remain selfish, prideful, and caught up with wealth and riches. So when you study the Bible and seek the spirit of our living God, you will not find these kinds of messages because they only feed the flesh and your emotions. And that's, what, that's why the church is all off kilter right now and why the Lord has allowed this pandemic to do like it's doing because the church has not been about what the church was purposed to be about. You, you've heard all of these uh, prosperity messages and, and that's been the main focus that when God, you won't be sick, you won't do this, you won't do that, you always have plenty. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not the gospel message. And God is not pleased because, see, you don't, you don't need an anointing to preach about stuff so that people can get more of it, which caused them to become even more selfish than they were when they were born. We don't need to hear messages that pronounce and profound the sinful nature that we already have. The gospel is supposed to change that nature because you have become a new creation in Christ. So it's supposed to change that kind of worldly nature to a heavenly nature. Like your father who art in heaven. Like your big brother, Jesus the Lord. Okay who did nothing out of a selfish motive. And yet we find that if everything is not perfect, if things are not going just like how I think they need to be going, then uh, uh, something is wrong because after all, God wants me to be happy. Really? <laughs> God wants you saved. And if you are truly saved, and you keep your eye on him, you relate to him about everything that you do and say, then you will find happiness. But you cannot find happiness looking for stuff and the perfect person and all of these things. See, the Lord wants us to uh, feed on spiritual things. Because if you don't feed on spiritual things, we will not be able to overcome our downtrodden souls that are bound. Therefore, we will not get redemption. If you're not seeking for spiritual things, there are some inward things that has not been touched yet since you've been saved that God is waiting for you to humbly, freely open yourself up to him to do it. We let religion make us think we have already arrived because of some of the changes that he has made in us. We are not fully changed. It is a working salvation, and it works until the return of Jesus. We haven't arrived, and we won't until Jesus comes back to take us. We are put on earth for God's sake, not yours, to serve his purpose and to have his kingdom realized here on earth as it is in heaven. How can God's kingdom be realized here on earth when you're caught up with finding the perfect person, uh, having houses and cars and stuff and and just doing whatever you want to do because you feel that is right. Mm. 
Well, other people can't see the glory of God through that garbage. He's not going to shine through you. You see, he can be shining through you and you don't even know he's shining. Just because you're caught up in him. Not the course of this life. And people are drawn by that light even though they don't understand it. Amen. Kingdom works cannot be accomplished by worldly methods. Kingdom works cannot be accomplished by worldly methods. This is why Paul challenges, challenges, challenges to be instant in season and out of season. And that word instant means be ready in any season to reprove. This is what he's telling us in the word. In the word. But he was telling that he was actually talking to Timothy. But this goes to every believing believer. You to be instant in season and out of season. See, stop going doing what you predicated in your mind. Because I don't care what you see with your natural eye. You don't know what the person really need. Because you don't know the inner workings. But God does. And if you are preparing yourself in his word and in his present, you don't have to go knowing nothing but him and him crucified. Because when you get where you're going, he will work what he wants to work through you. That's why he told him in Luke, don't go with no papers. Don't go with all your preparation. Just go. Because he's going to speak through you and he's going to use you. And when we go and we have all of our little plans mapped out about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, it doesn't work. Nothing changes. And God's, God's plan, his vision for that situation isn't accomplished through you. Now, it may, be, it may get accomplished, but not by you because you're caught up in who you think you are. And we are servants of the Lord. And as servants, your servants and slaves only did what the master told them to do, right? <laughs> they didn't come up with a plan. Master, let me tell you what we need to do. <laughs> and when we, when we go with our own plans, that's what you're saying. Master Jesus, let me tell you what I need to do in this situation. And I want you to bless it. That is no different than um, going to the dealership to buy a car and then tell God, you, you, you show me the one you want me to have, but you never even asked him if you need to buy the car right now. <laughs> and then because something happens where a particular car shows up, uh-huh, that's God, I knew that, mm-hmm. No, it's Satan. Because he knows how you operate. See, he's not all knowing like God is, but he does know your actions. And, and, and let me tell you that saying we are creatures of habits, that's why he knows us so well. Because you do the same thing over and over and over again, just in a different way. And he recognizes it. So he prepares in advance for you to, to walk in a trap. And you don't even know you've been trapped. Okay, Father. <laughs> so you can't be instant in season and out of season if you're not in the Word. If you're not studying the Word, you, you, it, it is, it's, it's not about all of these little fancy words that you can come up with. God is not calling people who have excellent of speech. He's calling people who have a heart for Him. And it's giving out the Word the way He's putting it in your spirit. That's why it's necessary to have the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to labor on that on the Sabbath until God tells me to stop. And so if you're in the word, then you are instant in season. So you go and you just sit and, and the spirit will work through you, speak through you and bring up stuff. You know, I know that for a fact and it just blesses my soul because I know when I hear something that, that something that the Lord has given me years back, 
And then I hear it uh, in today's world. I am so honored and thrilled that he allowed me to have a revelation before time that now I'm hearing it in the time. But not being foolish to just, oh, God gave me a word, you know. I you know, there were people who came up to me and, and, and said, God called you to, to preach and God called you to do this and now it's time for you to go out. One person told me you need to uh, go to Texas and, and get, get on the platform with T.D. Jake and the rest of them. Well, what if I had done that? First of all, I would have aborted what God has really put in me and for me to do. Plus, God can give you something that seems that plain, but you need to ask God, what are you telling me? Because all that meant, I'm so glad that the fear kept me from being stupid to follow it, okay? Because all of that, what they were saying meant, God revealed that to them, but what he was saying was that the level of teaching would be on a platform that's all. But who's the author of the knowledge and of the information? So nobody need to be caught up because without Christ, I wouldn't be able to speak nothing or anything. Okay? So that's why you have to, to, to be humbled and keep your eye on the prize and study to show yourself approved not to be a teacher, but to be a reveler of the word. So that means you're going to reveal the word. You're going to be a walking epistle. So you study to show yourself approved so that you can be in, in season and out of season to deal with sin, both in the lives of unsaved hearers and of the saints. It says to re reprove sin, not just in unbelievers, but to saints as well. Because, see, there's too many of us that think that we have arrived, and once we got saved, we thought, we think we're so wonderful. God saved you to be wonderful in his sight. When the work is just beginning, See, once you get saved, that's just the beginning of the work. You haven't arrived. <laughs> and as a true believer, you should gladly humble yourself and receive reproof. You see, the, the hardest people to reach are believers. I can talk to unbelievers and share some things, and they just in awe, and they're receiving it. And they know the, what they're guilty of and the things that they're doing. So when they hear it, they're like, how did you know? Oh, my, you know. But a believer, I know God. I got the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me. I know. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, it's like, you know, what God do you know? That you are not humble and you can't receive. And you're going to rebuke the rebuker <laughs> because Jesus is doing the rebuking through the vessel that he chooses to use. Are you going to listen so that you can rise above where you are? Or are you going to stay at the same place? So we as believers, because when you believe and you got the Holy Spirit in you, he's going to confirm. You already know your bad characteristics and personalities. And you also know what's deep inside of you that has never changed since you've become a believer. You are still thinking some of those same thoughts. You are still the author of conjuring up and, 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 and plotting and manipulating and, and all of that, you know. And doing it, glory, in the name of Jesus. Well, God put this in my spirit. Let me tell you something, a newscast. Everything that comes in our spirits because we're born again is not coming from the throne room because you are 
a spiritual being, but you are having human experiences. So everything that comes into your spirit is not coming from the throne room. And just because you've thought it, don't make it right or that God put the thoughts in your head. Okay? The other thing um, that Paul is admonishing Timothy to be instant and in season and out of season for is for the rebuke. Use the word in preaching and teaching with clear presentation of the truth to rebuke sin. I'll say that again. Using the word in preaching and teaching with clear presentation of the truth to rebuke sin. The word will rebuke the sin because it brings conviction unto righteousness. Amen. If we're never, if we're never convicted, but we're sitting under the word, there's something wrong with us. <laughs> because that's what the, see, the word is transforming us. It can't transform you till you become convicted by it. Otherwise, it's just, oh, it sounds nice and it's wonderful and you recite it. But when you're going to let it do a work in you, and now you're reciting it because you know what it's doing in you and you want it to keep on working in you. Amen. And, and, and you're to do uh, a rebuke with uh, patient exhortation and instructions as needed. Okay. Let me try to explain that thought pattern. I can see it now. Let me see. Can I articulate it? See... God sees every one of us, the phrase, he calls those things that be not as though they were. He sees every one of us in the were, although we're not. Okay? So, as, as a leader, and I didn't understand it at first when I asked the question to the Lord, but now I do. Because as a leader, then he allows me to see people in the were as he works in the now to get them to where they need to be. Therefore, my rebuke and my reproof is to help cultivate you and to hear God say what he's saying and do what he's doing in you to get you to where you need to be. So when you reject it because I'm just another human being, you're not hurting the human being. You're hurting yourself. Because guess what? You will not be able to fit into that seat until God gets done doing what he's doing in you. So somebody else is going to come along and do the same thing. It's, it's like, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Mm. Um, let's go over Verse, let's go with verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Well-doing is when there's nothing great going on and there's nothing bad going on. But it's the time of the working of God in you to fix you to get where he wants to take you, okay? He says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So if you stay put and accept the pain and whatever you feel as a result of God stripping you, like pruning a tree to prepare you to produce good fruit, so if you stay put in that time, then when your due season comes, so when it's time for you to step out, you won't miss it because you either stepped out too soon or you resisted the work and you're not going to step out, period. So you abort what God has for you. Now you can push it and promote it, but guess what? 
his anointing destroy burdens and remove yokes. And so if what you're doing isn't doing either, you're not doing what you're supposed to do or you're out of timing. So that's what that means, patient exhortation and instruction, because when you as a leader are trying to lead people in the direction that they need to go for God to get them to the destiny that he has set for them, you're going to get pushback. And so there's times when you will exhort them, and sometimes you can exhort a person too much and cause them to get ahead of themselves. But you got to do both. You got to exhort them, to motivate them, and you got to reprove and correct and rebuke. And it's all for their gain, not to hold them back, because everyone has to be prepared to take the mantle in order for the lost to be saved. It's not up to one person. One person already taken care of it. His name is Jesus. And he says, I'm giving you, that's all believers, the authority and the power to teach and to baptize in my name. And so that's what the, the position of a pastor, a preacher, and a teacher is. So that everybody is equipped to do the same work. That's why you don't have no one person on no pedestal that you're looking up to and thinking that they can do it all and they're the greatest and, 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 and they're living all high and mighty. That's not what God called us to do. And if, when you study Paul, you find out that is so out of order. Okay, I, I, God gave me a better explanation than what I had written down. So. <laughs> Change cannot, will not happen without the spoken word. So you, you, you know we got these long rangers who are deceived by thinking because they got saved and they had some experience and they can be home and they can grow. That's a deception. It's, it's, it's a real deception. Let's go over to Romans 10 verses 14 through 18 to, uh, to prove that. Romans 10, starting with um, verse 14. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And how should they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel of peace is about the cross. And it's not some phony religious good feeling kind of thing. You get peace when you hear God's word, you apply God's word, you follow God's word. Okay? But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You cannot grow in Christ at home by yourself or just watching TV or listening to the radio. It has to be in the company of other believers sitting under the person God has assigned to be the spokesperson in your ear. And, and you see the word says cometh because the more you hear, the more it comes. It's not a one-time event. So don't be deceived and don't let others stay in that deception thinking after salvation, it is just you and God. For you do not grow in the things of God without getting and hearing the word of the preacher preaching the pure gospel of truth. In fellowship with other believers, you are among other preachers and teachers. And plus, God don't call no long ranger saints. 
and thinking what, what I got is fine, it's good enough. Don't be deceived. God never intended nor encouraged for people to walk this walk alone. That is a deception from the devil. Are you going to reprove, rebuke, and exhort yourself with long-suffering and doctrine? which is what the Bible says to do. Can you do that? Pride, self-deception, and fear of what other, others may know will take you off course of God's word that states, go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, verses 19, 19 through 25. And it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. We know he's talking about Jesus, right? Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. <laughs> Glory. Let us hold on Hold, let us hold fast the profession, or another word, confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke or stir up unto love and to good works. Let us consider one another to stir up love unto love and good works. See, by yourself, you are not provoked. <laughs> it takes someone else to do that. 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you hear what the word of God says? See, we get just a little, little word and we think we know something. You won't do, we don't know nothing. Besides, like Paul said, you ain't supposed to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. And if you don't know that, you won't know to get into his word to look for everything else that you need to know. And uh, verse th uh, 3 and 4, I'm going to read that and read my notes. But the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching, itching ears. And they should turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. We are experiencing that right now. And that is the result of not only sin, by, but from listening to only feel-good messages which never convicts of sin in order to return us back to righteousness. See, we can get it come out of righteousness, but when we confess our sins because we acknowledge the sin, then God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Messages that keep you on a path of destruction or is leading you to hell because it does not allow you to examine yourselves so that you can seek truth. The Lord chastens, this is what the Bible says, the Lord chastens those whom he loves. But the enemy keeps you from the truth to daily torment you with anger, disappointment, sometimes rage, offense, and separation. You know what's amazing? Some of those terminologies that I just used, and we'll say that it's coming from the Spirit. The Lord is leading me. People say that. They, let me tell you, they, they may not use that, term, that exact terminology, but when you've been corrected or rebuked for something that is out of order and you get upset with the person and you get angry and you stray away and you say, the Lord is keeping me from here, you were, that, yeah, that's what you're saying. And, and, and that person is not your problem. Your sin and the lack of the ability to recognize it is your problem. And so you, you can be mad all you want, but it's not going to profit you not one thing, but make you feel good for the moment and try to convince other people about how evil and wicked that other person is. As preachers, even though some turn away and not listen, stay on the path. Stay on the path. 
just the same, for you will not have to have the blood of that person on your hands. If you stay on the path of the gospel of truth, then you don't have to worry about the blood of that person on your hands because they will certainly face judgment before their Savior for not listening. Okay, I'm going to read 4 and 5 to you, prove what I'm saying. Four, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of, of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry so that your hands are clean because they're going to answer. I don't care how good they may feel on this side of heaven, uh, rebuking and not accepting that truth. The other side is not going to be so wonderful. Verse 5 tells us to watch over our own lives. Now, let me read it. It says, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So he's telling preachers and teachers, watch over your own life and your ministry and watch over the doctrine that which you are pro proclaiming. Endure affliction. Do not let them hinder your faithfulness to the ministry because it is so easy to say, this is not for me. I'm out of here. But once you accept the call, you don't have a recourse. That's why I really have a problem with the phrase retiring from ministry. Now, you may stop being the pastor because God is saying your time is up for that. I, I have something else for you to do. But you don't ever retire from ministering the word of God and doing the work of the ministry. You just stop being an overseer of a local body but you still got to do the work of the ministry until death do you part. Amen. You may be doing a different way, a different form or something, but you still supposed to be preaching and teaching, reproving, reproof. You still supposed to be doing all of these things. We must stand strong on the truth like a soldier on the battlefield. So at the end, we can testify as Paul did testify. See, when you're on the, on the battlefield, remember how uh, the picture is drawn where the Romans uh, uh, soldiers and their gear, what they have on and how they have to stand, and, and they stand back to back to their fellow warriors to, to fight, but they're standing where they're, you know, got a good grip and they won't, and they won't fall. Well, that's what you have to do to keep from losing your balance and going backwards, falling. No, you got to stay on the battlefield. Verses um, 6 through 8 says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure or death is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, which is the same as a race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So Paul is saying that the Lord has revealed to him, you have accomplished what I set out for you to do. Now it's time to come home and be with me. And so he feels good because through all of the turmoils, the persecution, the rejection, and all of that, he stood the test. He says, I have fought the good fight. Paul fought his life with sin to a finish. See, what you don't realize, but if you read in Corinthians, he didn't only just fight the good fight of faith dealing with those people who were persecuting him and imprisoning him, but he dealt with his own sin. You, you, you need to open up your eyes to your sinful ways and stop thinking that, that, that there's 
you don't sin. Paul was humble enough to recognize his sin. Because if we did, if you did, don't sin, then that makes you who? Thank you. So how foolish of you to sit up and think that you don't sin. And the enemy don't want you to hear the truth. He wants you to be numb to the truth and, 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 and to sleep because he don't want you free and delivered. And he wants you to be angry and offended by the truth because he don't want you to be free. You need to ask the question, why? And then maybe you will work harder at receiving and obeying and following the Holy Ghost and doing what is necessary physically and naturally that you need to do to be alert and to stay awake at the appropriate time. Because let me tell you something. You cannot sit up half of the night watching TV, talking on the phone, or whatever you're doing, and then get up the next day and think you're going to be alert. Get your butt in the bed at the reasonable time so that you can be alert to hear what you need to hear. Don't you know that is the trick of the enemy? He wants you to stay in fool's lane all of your life. And blaming other people for why things don't go right. And keep saying, and I'm sick and tired of hearing. I've been praying and asking God to deliver me from this. And I just don't. You know why? He, he knows that you don't mean it. Because if you meant it, you would be doing more about changing. He hears you. He hears your heart. Not your. He hears your heart. We say things because it sounds religious and it sounds right, but our hearts are far away from him. And he does not move on lip action, but on a heart. And all the things that you really need to have heard while you were in the service, he put you to sleep. So that it just bypassed your whole understanding recognize the real trick of the enemy. So Paul says he has fought the good fight of, of faith, meaning he has been able to recognize his own sin and be free from it so that he can finish the course and have the victory over his life. And if you have the victory over your life, then you're able to impart into other people's lives. He says, I have finished my course. He had been faithful in carrying out what he had been assigned to do by the Lord. Let, go, go over to Psalms 91. Psalms 91, verse, verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Do you know what that means? That the Lord has given his angels charge over us to keep us on the course he set for us in order to reach the destiny he has planned for us. You, you hear that? So you have to be conscious and mindful of what you're doing and why you're doing it in order to reach the finish line like Paul was able to do. So knowing that he had done what God had put him here to do gave him such great peace and joy. And he was ready to go home because that was going to be a much better place than this place. So he was ready to go home and be with the Lord. He says, I have kept the faith, preached, talked, and walked according to the gospel message of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, of which Christ had entrusted to Paul, of which we learn of from the epistles of Paul. Paul, a person who had been persecuting Christians, become the man of God that he, God could trust to pass on the epistles, to write how the church is supposed to operate, and write to 
the body of Christ, how to live a Christian lifestyle according to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Verse 8 says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. See, you don't just go to heaven based on what you have accomplished will determine whether you're going to have that crown. You don't want to get to heaven just sliding through. You want to get there and get all that's been promised. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing, which means all those who preached, he preached to, they received they receive the information and they're looking forward to the appearing of Christ's return. See, the only people that talk about and is, is, and is excited and looking towards the second advent are those who are really saved. You don't hear other people talking about Jesus' return because uh, they, they probably don't even believe it. Okay, I'm going to... Okay, I can't do that then. Okay, go over to 1 Corinthians 9 and we're going to read verse 24 and 25. And it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain, you're talking about people who are literally running a, a race, they do it to obtain a cor corruptible crown, something that it can only last you here on earth, and some of it, sometimes it don't. It may get lost, broken, stolen, or whatever. But we, an incorruptible crown. So we're running a race to, to win an uncorruptible crown. I'm going to read 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You see, Paul is saying he kept his body in subjection to the word. <laughs> glory, glory. Okay, we go back over to Timothy. When the judgment seat... He says, not to me only, but to all who believe in his second coming. For many either have no regards for what comes after this life or do not believe that there is life after earth. Many of us are too consumed with this life and not preparing our souls for eternal life. Amen. I'm going to conclude with... 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. For we know that if our earthly house, mm, we're talking about this physical body, or tabernacle, we're dissolved, it's going to be destroyed. We have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's what we know. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, we should not be found naked. Oh, glory. That's that. Y'all better be listening so you don't go to hell. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. And he's talking about this physical body, he's not talking about this building. Do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but, for, but clothed upon. The mortality might be swallowed up of life. Did you hear that? Now he that have wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also have given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. So he's saying, we can do this thing because it's not by our power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while as we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. 
for we walk by faith, not by sight. So you don't walk by your body and by your feelings, but by the truth and the Holy Spirit guiding you, leading you into all truth. Amen. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that we that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Okay, that accepted means to be made of him. Okay. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. Ooh. According to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. In other words, you're going to have to face judgment and it's going to be predicated on what you've done, whether it's good or bad. So don't think that this life is it and there's nothing coming after it, which is what so many people think. And don't think that you, you just, because you joined the church, said those words, you're going to heaven and you're not going to be judged for the things that you've done here. Because what's most important is that you know whose you are so that you can walk upright and worthy of your name. Amen. Okay, um, I'll, I'll do the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Traveling mercies for you as you leave and depart from this location. But while you're out there, tell somebody about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.